1: Hi guys, Uh, welcome to the very first edition of the Booker Man podcast, uh, hosted by me, the Booker Man, Alec Burnett. Uh, What you're going to hear over the next, um, however long I keep this going, uh, is we're going to have some great interviews with some of the uh, the talent associated with uh, DOA Wrestling. Uh, starting this week with a fantastic interview with Jake Pugh, our MC. Um, also, we're going to be looking at how I would rebook, in some cases, um, some of the most famous or infamous uh, wrestling uh, angles and storylines. Um, but also, um, I'm going to be looking at how I would book, and that's what this, uh, this episode is going to be, how I would book this year's WrestleMania. So, I'm going to get stuck in pretty much, otherwise you're going to be listening to me for hours on end, um, which which uh, we don't want. So what I'm going to do, um, I'm actually recording this before, um, before I've seen uh, this week's Smackdown and before I've seen... Um, elimination chamber so uh, that would obviously change some of what uh, what might be booked on my Wrestlemania card but what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk you through um, the way that I would lay out this card uh, and also um, NXT as well because I think that's quite interesting I think uh, I've just watched the NXT Vengeance Day show a great uh, a great show uh, a couple of the matches um a little bit long-winded for me but there you go that's uh, my my taste um but i'm assuming that they're going to have a nxt takeover um, around wrestlemania period um, i haven't seen an announcement but what i'm going to do is i'm going to put a takeover show together i would think would complement wrestlemania perfectly so almost like an nxt's um, wrestlemania and then two nights of wrestlemania itself and uh yeah I've, I've given myself eight matches per night uh i've done seven for the for the nxt show um, yes yeah, so i'm just gonna just gonna run through that for you so um with nxt um, I've got on this, uh, on this show here, I've got a main event for the NXT takeover of Adam Cole against Kylo O'Reilly. So we know that's probably going to happen. Uh, we've just seen Adam Cole's heel turn, um, which I actually think is is about time really. Um, since losing the, the titles, um, Undisputed Era have kind of run its course. Um, they're no longer kind of the the faction on top with all the gold kind of gimmick anymore so i felt like they were getting lost in the shuffle and they're definitely the the top guys uh, on that brand so uh, adam cole turning is great and obviously we know how good the matches will be between uh, the members of uh, of undisputed era so i've gone with adam cole and kyle o'reilly as the main event of nxt takeover um in that one, I would have Adam Cole uh, take the title and then probably move on into a program with um, with Finn Balor following um, following that show. Um, second up I've got on this NXT card, and obviously we're going to spend a little bit more time on the WrestleMania card, but just to run through here, um, Birch and Lorcan defending the Tag Team Championships against MSK. Um, MSK obviously won the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, so I would have them... Um, actually beat Birch and Lorcan here, um, as I feel they've been more um, more entertaining uh, than Birch and Lorcan. I feel like without Pat McAfee, um, Birch, Lorcan, Pete Dunn, their little group, I think they've been um, quite dull, to be honest. Um, Pete Dunne is is obviously very talented, but um yeah, I, I just I just feel they've been a little bit bland. There's no really good promo in, in amongst that group anymore, um, without Pat McAfee there. As far as Pete Dunne's concerned, um, his tan looks awful, um, which is quite off-putting. Um, he looks a kind of weird shade of orange, and also, like just a, just a little thing, he spends a lot of his matches uh, kind of doing the the finger break move and snapping the fingers of people but no one ever sells that beyond the match itself like he's not actually breaking anybody's fingers with any any time he does that which kind of loses it for me you know if you come out a day later on tv and your fingers are fine then then it really couldn't have been that bad um that's just a pet peeve um third on this nxt show i've got io shirai defending against bailey um, basically, I couldn't find a spot for Bayley on WrestleMania, and I felt like she was deserving of a big match uh, around this time. So I would um, have her return to NXT. We saw um, we saw Sasha Banks compete on NXT. Um, one of the one of their specials, I believe, last year, where Bailey and Sasha Banks went back to to NXT. So it's not out of the realms of possibility. Um, Bailey against Io Shirai would be would be really good, and I would uh, I would have Io Shirai uh, go over in that one. Um, I've got Santos Escobar um, with the cruiserweight championship on the line against Kashida, and this is where I'd have Santos Escobar lose that championship to Kashida, and really try and give that championship a bit of a revamp under under Kushida because it's a shame but 205 Live was one of my favourite shows week in week out before the pandemic I thought they had a consistently uh, good show but um, it's kind of been swept under the rug since becoming an NXT championship and yeah, it's it's kind of the the third belt, third singles belt beneath the North American and the NXT Championship. And I, I think the title deserves a little bit better. Um, the 205 live show is a bit of an afterthought now. It's usually only about half an hour long, um, and there's there's good matches on there, but it's yeah, it's, it's definitely a bit of an afterthought. So I think Santos Escobar is good. Um, But people just aren't interested in that that title. So I think Kashida's a popular guy. um, And I think he could do some really good things with that. And lastly, on this show, I would have um, a multi man ladder match because why not? Just to get everybody else in there. Um, So I'd have Johnny Gargano defending the North American Championship. Uh, and in that, I would have Pete Dunne, uh, Roderick Strong, Cameron Grimes, Bronson Reed to add a big power man in there, uh, throwing people around, and Tommaso Ciampa, um, which uh, I think would be would be a really good match. And I would actually have uh, Bronson Reed uh, go over in that one um, because I don't feel like any of the other championships are being held by uh, a big man. I think that that makes it then stand out a little bit. Uh, Bronson Reed is someone I think has got a a whole load of potential so um, that's uh, where I'd go with that NXT coming out of that then obviously you've got Adam Cole going in to a program with Finn Balor Uh, MSK can do uh, perhaps a a set of rematches with uh, Grizzled Young Veterans Yoshirai continues as champion Um, who would take that I don't know Uh, Tony Storm has been really good Um, Mercedes Martinez uh, very good as well Um, but I don't know who who the right person is to take the belt off Io Shirai if I'm honest at this time Um, yeah so that's that NXT show Uh, and as for um, Wrestlemania uh, a lot of this hinges on the Elimination Chamber to be perfectly honest Um, yeah a lot of it hinges on that And I would, uh, yeah, I would go in a uh, rather strange direction with some of this. Um, Some of this is not going to be the obvious. Uh, If I'm honest, I think in reality that uh, they'll be setting up Edge against Roman Reigns uh, as the main event and then Drew defending possibly against Sheamus um there's debate there as to whether that's a big enough uh, match for uh, a Wrestlemania main event but um that's probably where it looks like it's going but uh, I'm gonna go in a different direction so um elimination chamber the two chamber matches um the way that I would um way that I would do those is I would have the um I would have Orton get eliminated due to some form of shenanigans with The, the Fiend and Alexa Bliss uh, to continue that program. I would have the final two in that chamber come down to Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles. Um, I would then have some form of uh, interference from uh, Omos leading to Sheamus somehow getting back into the cell and um, with a bro kick to McIntyre costs him the championship and AJ Styles is the one that walks into Wrestlemania as the champion now that for me does a few things it continues the Randy Orton Fiend feud It. Um, takes the title away from Drew McIntyre and I, I I really like Drew McIntyre as the WWE champion but um, it, by taking the belt away from him I think you give that feud something else you give it a bit of an edge with uh, Drew McIntyre being able to blame Sheamus for him not being able to stand as WWE champion in front of um, the first crowd after the uh, the pandemic, because we're the rumor is there's going to be plenty of people in attendance at WrestleMania, and then you get AJ Styles as the champion going into WrestleMania. Um, AJ Styles has not been booked that strongly, but I think um, I think heading into WrestleMania could be really interesting for him. Um, as for the other chamber, I would, um, which has the stipulation, of course, uh, that the winner will face. Roman Reigns the very same night I would have the winner uh, face Roman Reigns seconds after that match finishes um, so I would actually have uh, Daniel Bryan win uh, yeah I would have Daniel Bryan win that uh, chamber match and then Roman Reigns comes out, Daniel Bryan's completely knackered and uh, and Roman Reigns uh, beats the shit out of him basically um, you can then set up um roman reigns taking out daniel bryan it doesn't look like daniel bryan's going to be able to recover in time you can set up cesaro uh, as daniel bryan's friend challenging roman reigns at fast lane which would be epic daniel bryan returns from injury straight after fast lane to set up the match at wrestlemania with roman reigns so um that's pretty much how i would book those those chamber matches and coming out of them so i'm now going to talk through the matches for night one and night two of Wrestlemania. So night one um, I've got here Drew McIntyre against Sheamus. Uh, You could um, have this open the show put a stipulation on that you know whether that's no disqualification street fight something Um, but I actually don't think you need that. I think these two um, do quite a good enough job without any um, outside shenanigans to be able to come out and and leverage each other a bit and, and really Um, put on a really good match so i would have drew mcintyre go over sheamus in that one which then sets mcintyre up um probably do a few rematches between the two continue that feud on a little bit and then um and then drew can get back in the mix for the uh for the wwe title Uh, second on here i have uh, (laughs) i have the inevitable uh, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest against The Miz and John Morrison um, that match is going to happen let's face it um, a lot of people criticising Bad Bunny um, I, I don't I don't hate it uh, it's good publicity I guess for WWE uh, and him pairing with Damian Priest is actually really good because it gets a lot of eyes on Damian Priest and shows a lot of faith in him um, so hopefully that can then push him further up the card um, but this is just a um, this is just a match to, to get bad bunny on the show I guess and um, yeah and I think that's uh, that's a good thing. All round mainly for Damien Priest is the one that really benefits from that association um, and I would have line up Damien Priest for uh, for perhaps a, a, a US title run soon after WrestleMania maybe. Um, next up on here. Uh, i have uh, randy orton against the fiend um i would like to see them um although a lot of people are talking about it being a fly fly, fly fun house like um braided with cena um i actually don't think they'll do that mainly because they've got people in the building um and who wants to sit in a stadium watching a screen for, for 20 minutes while they do a, uh, a cinematic match. I think they'll have a, a, an actual match, and I think The Fiend um, should go over in that. I don't know if he's um, how yeah, he's going to come back with a new look or, or what the case may be. I would have him come back with a new look, maybe a, um, even a sort of bald head with a different type of mask, maybe give him a completely um, different look and have him... Um, go over Randy Orton nice and strong and uh, really set him up um, potentially as a challenger for um, someone else that we'll get to in a little bit but I think if The Fiend makes his return at Elimination Chamber um, that leads to Randy Orton's elimination from that and then you can set up um, Orton against The Fiend for WrestleMania relatively easily uh, I would have uh, next up I would have um, Charlotte uh, winning the Raw um, Women's Championship I would have her winning that um, between now and, and Wrestlemania um, hopefully um, get the title off Oscar relatively quickly um, potentially at Elimination Chamber because uh, Lacey Evans won't be uh, wrestling for that I would have Charlotte take the title uh, and then I would um, have Rhea Ripley on Raw uh, I would have her on Raw Uh, challenging Charlotte to rematch from last year's Wrestlemania which let's face it was the best match on last year's Wrestlemania um, that actually took place in the ring obviously uh, Boneyard being an exception but um, Rhea Ripley challenging Charlotte for the Raw Women's Championship this year uh, and I would actually have Charlotte beat Rhea Ripley again um, which can then become a bit of a thing hanging over the, uh, the neck of Rhea Ripley that she can't get the job done against Charlotte um, and then you build, build, build. And I would actually um, have this pay off the following year's WrestleMania with the third match between the two. Um, and Rhea Ripley goes over in that one. Um, so, yeah, Charlotte against Rhea Ripley. Uh, I would, uh, on this first night of WrestleMania, what else have I got? <laughs> um, I've got... Uh, obviously, there's a, an element of trying to get everybody on the card. Um WWE's always done this um, but so I've got a um like a tag team turmoil um gauntlet style uh, WWE's been doing a lot of these gauntlet matches uh singles ones um Kofi Kingston setting up his um, elimination chamber uh, and then Wrestlemania run against Daniel Bryan was the the gauntlet they did one recently on Raw as well and they, I believe, they did want smack SmackDown with Shinsuke Nakamura doing going through a bunch of opponents. Um, yeah, because I set up the Adam Pearce thing, so um, they've been doing those. But I, I like the tag team ones, and I would have this be a, a tag team championship. Uh, yeah, tag team championship match, and I would have five teams in this, and I would have. Um, so I would start this out. Um, won't give away the five teams straight away but i would start this out with the new day and the retribution team of slapjack and mace and i would have the new day beat them i would then have um, the new day against the lucha house party and i would have the new day win that as well then the new day against the champions hurt business um, and i would have hurt business quite confidently um and i would have new day win again due to miscommunication so we're definitely going to get new champions and then the last team enters the match and it is the retribution team of mustafa ali and t-bar who would uh would win the match and mustafa ali basically um, would go on to defend the championships with different partners so got almost Freebird style um, and that kind of give Retribution a bit of a lift um, they've been a bit of a dud um, and I think Mustafa Ali is really talented um, I actually think Slapjack's really good um, he looks like he's cut some holes in a paper plate to put on his face but he's really good um, and T-Bar obviously Dominic Dijakovic is uh, is really good as well so um i think it's a shame that things haven't worked out for them the look's not great but i think if you've got mustafa ali almost walking around as if he's a singles champion carrying both belts um but defending them with different partners could be really interesting um so the, yeah that's what i do um with that one and then i would have uh, Finn Balor defending the NXT Championship you may have noticed he was missing from my uh, NXT TakeOver show The Finn Balor defending um, and this is where I would have Finn Balor finally um, bring back the Demon uh, to defend against Karrion Kross um, so the Demon entrance in a stadium WrestleMania, Karrion Cross, his entrance is obviously um, overboard as well um big time big fight feel nxt title um and i would have retain retaining that one because the demon doesn't lose let's face it never loses um i would also have i've only got two more left on here i've talked through six of them um i would have christian's return to the ring uh, and a lot of people won't like this but i would have christian in a singles match against king corbin now the reason for this is I think Corbin is a really underrated heel. Christian, um, Christian's going to be very popular. Corbin can play up the fact that he's going to give Christian his last match, like he did with Kurt Angle, um, and I'd have Christian over in that one. I just think it's a good, solid, um, ten-minute return match for Christian. Uh, and then you can obviously do some other stuff with him following WrestleMania, which we'll, we'll get to in a second. And the main event of night one would be Roman Reigns defending, successfully retaining uh, his Universal Championship against Daniel Bryan to end night one. Um, but we know that those two would have an absolute classic, so... Um, so yeah, that would um, bring night one to a close. Um, so that's Drew McIntyre over Sheamus. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest over The Miz and John Morrison. Uh, the Fiend over Randy Orton. Charlotte over Rhea Ripley. The Retribution team of T-Bar and Mustafa Ali uh, winning the Tag Team Championships. Uh, Christian defeating King Corbin. Uh, Finn Balor defeating Karrion Cross, and Roman Reigns retaining against Daniel Bryan so Night 2 uh, Night 2 I would go with I would open the show with the tag team titles from Smackdown with Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler defending against Rey Mysterio and Dominic, and I would have the Mysterios win the tag titles to open the show and nice feel good father and son winning the tag titles Uh, I would have Intercontinental Championship. I would build up a program between Big E and Seth Rollins. Uh, I think that that could really give Big E a massive rub Um, working with a main event guy like Rollins and I would have Big E uh, go over in that one. Um, Yeah, I think that could be a really, really strong uh, match for Big E. I'd have the US title on this second night. Uh, triple threat and this would be the power guys so it'd be uh, bobby lashley keith lee and braun strowman in a triple threat Uh, and i would have keith lee win the u.s title but i would do so with him pinning braun strowman to keep bobby lashley strong because i think they're, they're doing a great job keeping him strong but i think keith lee needs um needs something like the u.s title to really um solidify him with the uh, with the audience on Raw I would have the women's tag team championships defended on night 2 and I would do this in a four corners um, tag team match where there's the champions and then one team from each brand so Shayna and Nia Jax would be uh, defending against the team of Asuka and Naomi um, because Who wants to see Lana? Let's be honest. Oscar uh, and Naomi would be my team from Raw. The Riot Squad um, would be my team from SmackDown, and then Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai from NXT after winning the uh, May not the May Young Classic. What am I on about? <laughs> um, after winning the uh, Dusty Rhodes Cup. So in that match, I would actually have. riot squad uh, win that one um, because they're one of the very few actual teams uh, and I I feel like they don't get a uh, a good a good rub really. Um, Ruby riot for me is is really underrated um, and I I feel like they would do a good job so I would put them over in that one and have them carry the, uh, the tag titles for a bit. I would have a singles match between Kevin Owens and Jay Uso. Uh, in this one, I'd have Owens in control. Um, I would have Jimmy Uso returning this if he's ready. Uh, in my mind, I, I see it as, as the Usos and ganging up on Owens. They're double-teaming him, they're um, beating the shit out of him and, uh, and Samoa Joe's... Sees enough, gets up from the commentary table, and then we can build in Samoa Joe's return to the ring, uh, which I think uh, should be happening soon, in my opinion. I don't feel like Samoa Joe's in any way done, and uh, I would put Samoa Joe in this uh, in this match. um, Pop the crowd, get Samoa Joe in there, uh, beat up some Usos, uh, and let's face it, Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens as a team against the Usos would be really good going forward. So. so yeah I would uh, I would go with that I would also have Sasha Banks defending the Smackdown Women's Championship against Royal Rumble winner Bianca Belair um, which would be really good and I would have Bianca Belair win the title and not much else really needs to be said about that Um, I actually think that um, Bianca Belair would be better if Bailey had kept the title um, and yeah, I think that would have worked out better. But um, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair will be a good match. I'd have Sasha go more of a more of a heel in this, and uh, Bianca Belair overcomes and uh, and takes that one. I would have Goldberg um, on the show, uh, and I'd have him against Sami Zayn yeah I know Um, so I remember Goldberg against Dolph Ziggler being really good um, because it kind of caught people off guard um, especially Ziggler super kicking him straight out of the gate and I thought if Goldberg's going to be on the show which he probably is then the best thing for Goldberg would be not putting him in a title match put him against Sami Zayn Sami Zayn can complain that he's not booked on Wrestlemania Uh, Sami Zayn can be doing all of his conspiracy theories everything's a conspiracy theory and then he gets told oh but you are on Wrestlemania Um, you're against Goldberg Sami Zayn's not happy flipping his lid Um, and yeah And Goldberg can beat Sami Zayn Goldberg looks good doing it Um, Sami will make him look good you know that much is true and uh, and yeah and I think that would actually be really fun a really good use of, uh, of Big Bill uh, and then the main event of night two would be AJ Styles defending the WWE Championship against Edge. Now, why would Edge go against AJ and not Roman? Uh, I would put that choice down to the fact that Daniel Bryan begs Edge. He says it, that you know he went through hell in the chamber, and he came still came this close to um, to beating Roman he knows he can do it he wants Roman at Wrestlemania Um, and Edge decides to to challenge AJ Styles Um, you've got Omos in the corner of Styles so you can play on that Omos gets involved in the Wrestlemania main event Christian makes the save does a dive onto Omos um, tries to take him out um out of the equation edge beats styles wins the title feel good ending for night two you think it's all over out comes the miz the miz cashes in money in the bank at the end of night two of wrestlemania and edge beats him as well because you know no one wants to see the miz win the title need to get rid of the money in the bank because it's doing everyone's head in because no one wants to see the person holding it win the title and not in a oh yeah we don't like him because he's a heel no people just don't want the miz on the top of the card anymore and uh and i would i would have um edge beat aj and then beat miz as well um for the title and yeah edge stands tall at wrestlemania gets his arm raised by christian who's out there who helped him Um, You can then have a big reunion on Raw with Miz and Morrison against Edge and Christian, which would be good fun. Um, You've got challengers ready to go there for Edge um, I think you've got obviously Drew McIntyre um, you, you know Sheamus in the mix The Fiend would be really good going after um, Edge as champion um, there's just lots of different ways that you can go with it Bobby Lashley would be really good to step up and challenge for the title as well um, over on Smackdown Reigns obviously can do a rematch with Danny Bryan um, you've got Samoa Joe there coming back um, you've got Biggie, um, Seth Rollins. There's lots of different matches. There, Nakamura, Cesaro. Loads of different matches. Loads of different ways you can go with it. But I would end WrestleMania Night Two with Edge standing tall, having won two matches, and looking like a bit of a boss. Um, probably looking a bit haggard by the end of the night, but still, I would have um, have that be the end of WrestleMania. So that's um, that's what I would book. Um, yeah, and I think that actually rounds off quite a nice Wrestlemania I think that there's plenty on there that would be really good so yeah I'd like to know what you think of my draft of a Wrestlemania card uh, because um, yeah I've not really done this before sort of fancy booking um, of WWE's current product um, but next week what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at some, uh, with some old uh, scenarios so we're going to be looking at uh, for suggestions, I've had a few suggestions already, um, but I want to know what you want to see me try and rebook from wrestling history. We've had suggestions such as the Invasion Angle, WCW, the birth of the NWO, um, but I want some challenges. So I want um, one. One that came up was changing one thing. So uh, the, the first night of the nwo booking the nwo going forward but you cannot have hulk hogan as the third man that would be interesting um we might tackle that one in the coming weeks um so yeah that's uh that essentially wraps up my wrestlemania uh, booking and uh, and now we're going to get to the interview part of the show and we're going to talk to jake Pugh, uh who Uh, We had a lot of fun. We had a good catch-up. It's really good to to chat to some of these guys because we've not been in contact for so long due to the pandemic. Um, So really good to have a great catch-up with Jake. He's one of the nicest guys that I know in the wrestling world. So um, I hope you enjoy this interview with Mr. Jake Pugh. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, and now joining me on this week's Booker Man podcast, we have the host with the most the velvet voice of British wrestling. Uh, we're going to be getting Jake's takes, we're going to be getting Pew's views and nobody's looked that good in a waistcoat since John Virgo on Big Break. Ladies and gentlemen Mr.
0: Jake Pugh. I bet you find it was John Virgo on Big Break actually but uh, thank say? you very much for that lovely what introduction. What did I say? You said, you said Sean Virgo. You said, Sean? You said Sean Virgo. I don't think I did mate. You certainly I've got you got it did. Ri-
1: I've got it written down. You made notes. I made I made notes for, made for the name notes. John Virgo. Put as many balls as you can. Exactly, exactly. I did I did leave out uh, I did leave out one part of that introduction, which was, uh, "Who is it, darling? It's not the gas man. It's Jake Pugh."
0: I think that's the best one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it should have gone with that one, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Sean Virgo. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, my man?
0: I'm doing good. Yeah, there's been a lot going on uh, recently. Uh, actually, um, I've uh, actually uh, started dieting, um, and uh, I've dropped some weight, and uh, nice. feeling, feeling, feeling really good for the first time in a while. Actually, so
1: yeah, I, I should probably I should probably be doing the same thing, but uh, we'll leave that to you for the time being. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I <laughs> so, want to look good for when we come, well, when the time comes for us to get back.
1: Yeah, and we'll, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. Um, so lockdown, how's it been for you? It was really hard at first.
0: Uh, if we go back to the original lockdown, it's hard to think really that we was in a lockdown almost a year ago. It's almost been a year now, really, since yeah, this has, has all come out, really, isn't it? This is kind of the new normal now, isn't it, really? It's, it's I hate that term.
1: I hate. I do hate. It. So, I refuse sorry. to accept. I refuse to accept this as normal, as any kind of normal. What is normal anyway? I mean, come on. Exactly. I've never been normal. Neither of you. That's <laughs> no, true. That's no, true. You can vouch for that. Very true. Very true. So, um, obviously, the because we haven't really. I mean, we we message back and forward and have a you know quick catch up here and there, but we haven't really spoken properly um, for ages. Um, so, so th- I'm going to be finding out a little bit as well as to what you've been up to. So, I mean, I assume um, work's remained the same, just not been able to do uh, shows and stuff, I guess, really. Is that
0: right? Yeah, I've been very lucky, actually, to still being able to do my day job, actually. which uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult going because you're surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of people coming in and out every single day and uh, at the risk of, you know, not catching it, which is so easy. But, yeah, um, yeah, you know, it's always a case of um, going, you know, doing a day job. And then when it comes to the weekend, you know, you're like, right, let's get packing and get ready for a show. we where really you're kind of getting you're just sort of sitting around and doing nothing. But you... Uh, yeah, when um, shows come back, it's going to be
1: exhausting.
0: It's going to be exhausting. <laughs> we're not, I don't think we're going to know what's hit it when we come back, actually. Expect <laughs> it, especially the... Uh, the two and a half hour long drive to Yarmouth there and back but they're good fun yeah I'll, I'll enjoy
1: the half hour little trip down the road to Yarmouth that's fine yeah I thought you would <laughs> yeah that's it so um, let's talk um, let's talk a little bit of wrestling then I guess um, Royal Wimble was uh, was well last week now um, but what, what did you think? fantastic I thought it was really good it.
0: Royal Rock Ru- say that again you enjoyed it I thought you said you hated it uh, it was I really I really enjoyed it um, it's the first time in a while I've sat, actually sat down well it's the first time in a while I've stayed up for a pay-per-view actually because um, I'm hitting, hitting 30 this year and uh, I find it hard to stay up and have a late night You're so old I know um, but I I stayed up to watch, and I have to say, I enjoyed it from beginning to end, and now I'm getting really excited for WrestleMania, actually. Um, I thought the Men's Royal Rumble was fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the thing that I marked for the most, was for uh, Christian's return. I was a, a big fan of Christian uh, back in the day. Uh, but the Girls' Royal Rumble, I thought, was, a, was a lot better, uh, respectively, especially with the outcome. I did not expect uh, Bianca Belair to win at all. See, I, I agree
1: with that, actually. I, um, I I thought the Women's Royal Rumble was was the better of the two Rumbles. Um, I was, uh, I think, like most people, when it came down to the last three, I was really happy when Charlotte went out. Um, not, that, not that I don't think she's good, but it, it's obviously just nice to see someone fresh, it's uh, not. To, it's,
0: it's, it's nice to not have the predictability anymore. If that makes sense, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, I was I was pulling for Rhea Ripley. Not going to lie, but I so was. I. It was one of those situations where you couldn't really be mad at either of them winning in the last two. To be honest, um, I thought. Yeah, I definitely agree with you that that was
0: the better the better Rumble and Christian coming back was was just just cool, wasn't it? <laughs> it's just, yeah, it didn't look like he missed a step of, either. As soon as he got in there, it was. No sign of any ring rust. He was in good shape, and the takeaway moment for that I even put it on Instagram was the moment Evan Christian hugged. I think we all felt that. Yeah, that's, that's one of those
1: things that that's why we're wrestling fans, I guess. Those kind of moments just hit you straight in the feels. You know, these two guys that, that none of us have ever met or you may have done in, in passing or, or whatever at a show or whatever. But, uh, you know, we don't know them on a personal level. But you, you do feel invested in these people, especially when they're two guys that had to retire through injury. It's uh, It was it was one of those proper feel-good moments.
0: And props to WWE for actually doing that. And the whole Thunderdome experience. The experience that they put out as well it's so difficult especially with no crowds at the moment but i think i've kind of got used to the thunderdome now and it's um obviously it'll be much better when we get crowds back but uh see weird. the thing
1: is thing is with the thunderdome i mean i i you kind of get used to it as you say but i can't i can't get on board when they when they start piping in like this is awesome chance and things like that and it's like it's like come on you're you're telling you're. That's them telling us that that something's awesome, and it yeah. might not necessarily be awesome. You know, they they can it is manufacture. It is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be Vincent Man's dream, hasn't it? Being able to manufacture the reactions to whoever he wants <laughs> when fans
0: are where, where fans in reality might actually boo something they'll uh, exactly he could just be like Damn it, just pop in that audio track just there."
1: <laughs> yeah they'll be continuing to pipe in the audio and, and uh, when they get crowds back because he's got he's so used to it
0: <laughs> oh i think that'll be his thing going forward i think as soon as he hears that crowds are not reacting to what he wants them to react he'll just dub over the sound instantly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so um edge men's rumble so,
1: who have you got Edge against for Mania? What do you think? Do you think he's going to go Roman? I think that's Absolutely. most people think that.
0: Absolutely. Um, I have to say as well, and this is what I love about wrestling the most as well is the next day. I mean, I hate internet trolls. You know that say, "Oh, this person should be pushed," and this is how they should do something. This all begins really from when Edge had to retire and relinquish the title. And when he cut that, I have to say as well, I forgot how amazing Edge is at promos. Uh, when he cut that promo the week before the Rumble and says, I'm entering the Rumble, I straight away I said, I hope Edge wins. And the fact that he went in at number one. So, so basically, so he had to retire. All these years, you know, from a, there was no chance. No one could ever call Edge ever coming back. Even after Daniel Bryan came back, he, Edge said so himself, I can't come back and wrestle. Then he started feeling good, got in the best shape that he's ever been in, hadn't missed a step in the ring. Then he comes back to the Rumble, enters at number one, lost all the way through. I mean, that's the story. That's the story right there. And I think the perfect ending to WrestleMania would be him uh, holding the title in the stadium with a crowd there and the pyro going off. Because if anyone deserves it, it's here. But you see, but you see, this is where this is where I
1: kind of disagree slightly, because oh. I think, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I know. <laughs> uh, I just, I just can't see them taking the belt off Roman yet. I just don't see that happening. So as good as the story is with Edge, um, I, I don't know. For me, it's yeah. not. like it's too early to take off Roman. I mean, I I, I, think you're
0: I think, I think. Sorry to cut you off. I think that going back to your original question, it's fine, yes, mate. It's right. only my
1: podcast. It's cool. Oh,
0: that's right then. Fine. <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think that yeah, going back to your original question, I do think it'll be Edge and Roman. It's going to be spear versus spear. And I always liked Roman, even when he was a babyface. I always thought that he should have been pushed as a heel because uh, that's where he plays it, his strengths and we're actually seeing that now it's definitely the best work that he's ever done as a character anyway and yeah yeah I mean he's, I'm happy he's... with either way if Reigns wins Reigns wins if Edge wins if Edge wins I'm happy either way I'm just I think it would just be a, I think it will be a great match I think that's where they're going to go anyway
1: yeah I mean I mean if if the Booker man could book it I'd have Edge lose I'd have Edge lose to Roman um and then, yeah, and, and then and then have the little few months of nostalgia tag team run with Christian um, before Edge turns heel and gives us the uh, the radar superstar kind of heel shit again, which was his best run, really, wasn't it? Oh, Just
0: absolutely! The
1: whole so with, goes um, heel big. Shit out Christian, and then you know says that you know the, the whole return thing was meant to be all about him and not about Christian. You know, boom, there you go, and then wins the title.
0: That's... Well, I'll be happy with that as long as we get Edge versus Christian at a WrestleMania one day because that's something that I've been pulling for from, to see for ages. Even like way before Edge had to retire, I was hoping Edge and Christian would one day finally meet at WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, I think. To be honest, obviously, I, I was disagreeing there about the outcome for Edge and, and Roman, but I've got this gut feeling that we're not going to get Edge and Roman at Mania. I don't think that's the match that they're going to go with. Um, I've got, the, I, I saw the uh, results from last night's Raw because um, obviously we're a little bit um, late to the party talking about the Rumble, um, and they've they've announced the participants for the Elimination Chamber. Um, I don't know if you've uh, seen.
0: I know where
1: you're going with this, but go on. Yeah, so Drew is in against five former champions. So you've got Miz, Jeff Hardy, uh, AJ Styles, Sheamus, and Randy Orton. And I've just got this feeling of dread that Orton wins the title and the Edge well. challenges Orton and beats Orton for the title at Mania. Because um, we didn't really get a clean finish when they had a match a few weeks ago on Raw. So it was the whole Alexa Bliss thing. I just, I can just see it. Edge beats Orton for the title. Reigns defends against whoever. Um, and and yeah, everyone would be happy because Edge has won the title. But I just think that Orton feud to run its course a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. You see, part of me does feel like they might want a fresh opponent for Edge. It's just what I'm thinking. I feel like they might pay off the Randy Orton. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. The Randy Orton and uh, Bray White feud. Mm-hmm. Sort of just to deliver their underwhelming match at uh, WrestleMania <laughs> a few years ago, which I was there for live, actually. Um, oh, wow, I didn't even know that. Crazy. Yeah, I, rem- <laughs> I remember when we was second row for that, and I remember when the uh, the insects came up on the canvas, we were watching it going, what the fuck is that? Uh, sorry. I, just- <laughs> I don't know if you can swear. You, swear all you, all you,
1: right. you swear all you like, mate. Oh, all right then. All right. What the fuck was that? Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: yeah, and I'm a big Bray Wyatt supporter as well, especially of the theme character, because I love the old WWF days of all the gimmicks and stuff like that. So as soon as uh, Bray Wyatt reinvented himself, I was like, oh, I'm a great, a gimmick. And he's got a mask on as well. I thought, this is even better. And... Um, yeah, I do yeah. think the
1: the fiend things overexposed a little bit now because he appears too much as the fiend. In my opinion, I think it works better when you use those appearances, uh, kind of how um, how Bala used to with the with the demon thing. Yeah. It, was, it was few and far between. It was only for the big matches, and I think that. The Fiend appearing every week on Raw as he was a few weeks back um, before he got set on fire. Um, I think him appearing every week was just a bit overkill and you need to kind of keep it special. So maybe this is a good thing for him being off TV for a little while um, and then come back and gear something up for Mania, whether that's Orton or, or whatever. But um, I agree with
0: you, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think you can get a bit, little bit, little a little bit overkill. <laughs> It's the uh, attraction, it's, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, because let's face it. I feel like Bray has yet to ever fully deliver when it's the big match. Um, I don't feel I can't. I couldn't name a, a classic Bray Wyatt pay-per-view match. Um, obviously, there's there's the stuff with like the Wyatt family and the Shield and things like that. But I'm talking one-on-one singles match on pay-per-view. I can't really name one that I, I, I feel was, was like lived up to the hype, really.
0: Um, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed both WrestleMania matches with John Cena and I enjoyed the uh, Undertaker match. Um, but they're not matches where you're going to go, oh my God, that was a classic. You know, yeah. I think maybe he hasn't had that match yet. Um, maybe he won't have it for a long while. Who knows? Because a lot of his stuff is very character driven so maybe I don't know yeah it's all?
1: different, different kind of match isn't it when you, when it's the, the fiend character um, different different kind of uh, ball game to you know people going out a hundred mile an hour competitive match you know they're all meant to be scared of him I guess
0: <laughs> something different especially in this yeah whenever yeah, yeah. Yeah. things you know go 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 you know so it's nice I think it is anyway change of pace uh, so uh, Bianca Belair, I think, is actually less
1: predictable um, for for what she does at Mania. I mean, you could say that she'll obviously go with Sasha, but that's then kind of face face match. I'm not sure that that particularly appeals to me. Um, and Asuka's been booked like shit, so. Um, well, personally, really sure what the match is there?
0: I think that she will go with Sasha. Um, because Sasha can so easily turn heel and people would rally for Bel Air. Uh, or even if they did a babyface versus babyface, uh, I would have Belair uh, go over and uh, Sasha is, you know, like endorses her, hands of the belt afterwards. And as for Asuka, I personally think they'll go with a rematch between Asuka and Charlotte and she gets her win back from Charlotte from WrestleMania 34.
1: Oh, mate, that mania.
0: That was that was one of
1: the most fun WrestleManias watching was great live. Great WrestleMania, yeah, it um, was the most fun watching live. But nobody, I was watching it with, and I was a bit in a busy room full of people, and nobody could quite believe that, that Charlotte beat Oscar on that pay per view because Oscar had been booked so strongly up until that point. Um, actually, know, funny enough,
0: I got a funny cool. story about that actually. It's um, I was watching that WrestleMania at Ash Draven's house. And right. uh, there was a couple of us old RCWA lads that were around there watching. And we were sort of predicting who was going to win this match and who's going to win that match. And I said, then uh, a lot, as far as my memory recalls, um, I predict, I was the only one that predicted that Charlotte would beat Asuka. And I said, no, she won't. And they said, why? I said, because they're in the Silver Dome. Oh, sorry, the Superdome. I've just done a Hogan. It, it was in the <laughs> Superdome. Where, where WrestleMania 30 was, and that's where Undertaker's streak ended. And I said, and that's why Oscar's streak's gonna come to an end. And lo and behold, Oscar's streak came to an end. And I was like, <laughs> what did I tell you? No one, yeah, Draven, it. Draven, yeah, because Draven wrestled that night. He did, and yeah,
1: at home. He was on my show that night, it was on the DOA show. um, the uh the actually all of the matches from that show have been uploaded to youtube this, this week over on the doa youtube channel check that out subscribe you know all that cheap plug cheap plug cheap That's plug. Fair, uh, good. yeah you know i'm, I'm, I'm getting into this <laughs> so he, he, he was uh he was on that show it was him and mark lloyd against kip and brad special edition um tag team main event that was actually uh very very good um and, uh, and yeah, and then he, he shot off after the show to, to head back and uh, and check out WrestleMania, obviously, and have some have some guests over. Um,
0: I still yeah, say I, to this day that that WrestleMania should have been Undertaker's last match um, because Cena made him look a monster in those two minutes and 30 seconds, whatever it was. And I said, that's it. He looked amazing. Done. End of, sh- end of story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got their kind of take on
1: on the undertaker and when would have been the right time to, to stop. I mean, those that say, you know, the streak should never have ended. I can see the argument from both sides.
0: Um, that's a, that's a whole nother topic though, because I'm the, I'm a huge undertaker fan, and we haven't got enough time on this podcast today, on this episode today to cover the whole thing. We might, we would have to do that one day. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to come back to that. I think
1: we'll do a, we'll do a whole nother discussion about the undertaker and the streak. Um, i'll just i'll just leave that topic with um i believe that it was the correct decision at the correct time the match wasn't that good but i think it was the right decision i'll leave that there just let that linger all right (laughs) so no fans shows in in general then um how have you found that obviously you said like you've adjusted to the uh to the, the the Thunderdome, but uh, I mean I feel like a lot of the, the other companies have, have kind of got better at it of the, as they've gone along really. Um and you notice yeah. you notice it far less.
0: Um yeah, I I see what you're saying. I think there's things that obviously, you know, it has its benefits and it doesn't have its benefits. Mm. Um, Like AEW, for example, I've not really caught up with much of AEW, but the only time I've really, really enjoyed AEW's product, really, this is going to sound so silly, but it was um, for, you know, for no crowds, but for them to have a few fans in attendance, the biggest reaction that they had was when Sting made his uh, AEW debut, and... Which, which is good, but sad at the same time, because you could... Oh, what would it be like in a, in a sold-out arena? You know, much like Christian's uh, return at the Rumble. But the only thing... But yeah, the thing yeah. is with WWE, at least there, in my opinion, it looks a lot more professional as where you watch the AEW product and all I can see is empty seats, empty seats, empty seats. Um, the Super yeah, Bowl did a great job the, the other day of disguising those empty seats with uh, those that were not in attendance. They had cutouts of people, when I thought that was. I've great.
1: seen some of that. I thought that was that was really quite interesting. Like I saw um, what they did. There was a few. I think um, some of the baseball stuff has, has done that as well with cardboard cutouts and things of the fans, and, and it's it's weird, but it certainly does kind of fill up that space and make you forget almost that there's there's nobody there. Um, I, I think the the AEW stuff um I actually preferred the look of the show when they first uh, when the pandemic first started they were filming some shows out of I think it was um, uh, QT Marshall's gym instead of filming it at Daly's place uh, and it was just it looked it, it had a feel to it similar to what they um, they've been doing with with NXT kind of it was quite darkly lit but um, it, it looks it looked decent and I, I like the feel of it and now I feel like the noise just kind of evaporates into that open space that they're
0: using now yeah I, I will say the best I'll tell you what the best promotion that's probably benefited the most of having no crowds there but still keeping that emotion in the room with the electricity and stuff is probably uh, MLW. I've Been really enjoying MLW's products. Um, Mate, you, that- you know, you know, I'm a massive fan of uh,
1: of MLW. Yeah. Um, I, I, when when lockdown started, I, I'd I'd seen a lot of their stuff, but when lockdown officially started back in March last year, I started watching. Uh, mlw fusion from episode one because every single episode is on their youtube channel um and i started watching it from episode one and i'm now sort of up up to date fully and uh and they've started up again and and yeah you know they are doing it in an empty room um but i feel like that promotion has such a an interest in um roster and everyone's different and everyone's got something going on. They've got kind of almost sort of faction warfare. You've got all the, the lucha guys, you've got contra unit and, and stuff like that. And I just think that as a as a promotion it's consistently really, really good. and kind of flies under the radar a little bit.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. The look of the show looks fantastic as well, especially with how they've reacted to have not being able to have a crowd there. And mm. I love the ranking systems as well. There's a time limit on the screens, and you know if you're going if you're going for the heavyweight title, you're a heavyweight. If you're going for the middleweight title, you're a middleweight, and so forth. You know that's. Uh, I mean, I do like, I do love my sports entertainment. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's why I fell into re- loving re- wrestling in the first place. However, I do like. The, I do like the legitimacy side of it as well and trying to... yeah and the
1: thing is the thing is with with MLW obviously they they do have like you said the rankings and they they focus on they, they refer to things as as title fights as opposed to like matches you know everything's a, a fight and it's kind of they've gone down that almost a, a UFC like approach but that doesn't mean that you don't have you know traditional sort of pro wrestling characters and gimmicks because it's full of them
0: but it's still,
1: exactly. But it's still treated with a legitimacy um, that I don't think other promotions have managed to quite master. And when when AEW started, they were they were pitching it as it's gonna be um wrestling presented like like sport and it's gonna have a legitimacy to it and, and that kind of thing. And they never really really delivered on that. Um uh, something that, that Tony Khan said in press conferences and stuff, and they never really delivered on that. And I feel like MLW's nailing that approach.
0: I agree with you. I really do agree with you on that one.
1: Uh, I- Impacts finally added some crowd noise. Um, yeah, finally. <laughs> and, yeah, their shows were. I kept hearing that that their stuff was really, you know, doing quite well, and and their shows were consistently good. But every time I tuned in, it just felt like uh, you could hear a pin drop. And it was really off-putting, uh, especially when you get used to having some piped-in noise like the other shows were. Um, but but they're they're kind of in bed with AEW now. Have you seen any of that stuff?
0: Yeah, I have seen that stuff. I yeah, I think I think it's good for wrestling to for. Well, first of all, it's good that Impact is still around for wrestling because it's you know, <laughs> um and. It's good. It's nice actually to see promotions kind of working together. I don't know if it's a one-off thing or not, but I think it's nice to see that you know, like Impact Wrestling, New Japan Impact Wrestling, NWA, they can all kind of work Mm. together. And uh, one thing I will say, being an announcer and uh, a commentator as well, one thing that I really appreciate out of Impact, which on paper doesn't sound like it works, but it does, and that's D'Lo Brown and Matt Striker's commentary. It's because awesome. Josh Matthews
1: was painful.
0: Well, he really was painful, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. Because I'm Josh sure he was a lovely bloke. Well, I'm sure. No, <laughs> but the thing with Josh Matthews is that I always just see him as the WWE guy because he was not uh, he did he did commentary for Velocity, if I remember, and then he was yeah. the uh, the backstage news uh, interviewer guy on Raw, SmackDown. And then he also hosted, you know, what was it? Bottom Line, or Live Wire, whatever. Um,
1: yeah. The recap Re- shows, shows. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So to me, he was always the WWE guy. And I feel like, and I feel that's kind of what AEW slowly be, uh, be into. I mean, don't get me wrong. If, if someone's a free agent, it's good to have their eyes on that product yeah, it's, because, if, hey, someone, if someone's good they're good
1: you know it, it regardless of where they've worked but I do think you're right in that some people carry that stigma with them um, from place to place um,
0: yeah because when you go back to that it's sometimes when I look at old TNA where I'm talking about 2010 2011 TNA mm. it kind of felt like well this is WCW because you had Hulk Hogan you had Scott Hall you had Kevin Nash you had the nasty boys, even and things like that, and it was, and I thought, well, you know, this you might as well just rename it WWF or WCW. You know, uh, that's the danger, yeah. really. You don't want to replicate something that was done once before that works, but it's not working now because obviously yeah. times yeah. have changed. But
1: funny, uh, funny little uh, Josh Matthews story. So uh, I remember that josh matthews was was made the, the commentator for one of the main shows and i don't know if it was just uh, for that week because um someone wasn't there or something but they put josh matthews uh doing um either raw or smackdown i can't remember which which it was um but i, I remember that the camera cut to the the commentary team at the start of the show and Josh Matthews has got to do his big introduction this is his big chance his big night and just as he starts to speak this trickle of blood just starts coming out of his out of his nostril oh, and he gets yeah. this nosebleed just as they go live to the commentary team so it must it must have been raw at the time otherwise they would have edited it out i guess but it went it went to him, and this he started And as it happened, he he sort of spotted it, and then he's trying to cover up his face. He's trying, and he's trying to do the introduction at the same time. And yeah, he was never on Raw again as a commentator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just imagine Vince McMahon's face. I remember seeing it and just pissing myself laughing. And that's my that's my main memory of Josh Matthews as a commentator.
0: <laughs> just a nosebleed. That's lovely. Just, he's just he's just a fucking nosebleed, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I must say, actually, talking to commentators as well, I want to have a big, send a shout out to Ollie Spring, actually, because he's actually someone who doesn't really get mentioned a lot by a lot of people, but he's a fantastic he's ne- commentator. He's never had a
1: nosebleed
0: at a show.
1: He's never had a nosebleed at a show?
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm t- not that I've I know been of. trying to work with him. Like, I've always said to him, one day we're going to work together on, on the commentary table together, and we never have done so. That's something that. When this pandemic is over, we're going to try and do one day. whatever, Wherever it may be, whatever we do, you know, we do want to work together one day. He's a uh, a nice bloke. He does
1: good commentary and he's never had a fucking nosebleed at a show. What more could you want? Yeah, I'd love to see your place if he ever gets a nosebleed (laughs) when the camera's on. That's fine, mate. That's absolutely absolutely fine. It'll never work again, damn it. No. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I want to talk about you because there's probably okay. loads, of, loads of stuff that I don't know. Um, so, uh, and I know it's kind of cliche when people do podcast interviews and stuff and they have to give their life story whenever I've been on them. I've had to, you know, explain everything about how I got involved in wrestling and, and repeat the same answers and stuff. But um, where was the first place that you uh, that you worked
0: and, and so how did that come about? Uh, that came about when, um, well we all sort of used to but I first met the RCWA lads really when they was all you know fucking around on mats you know <laughs> and that was you know Ash Draven and Will Ospreay and all those sort of guys and Mm-mm. at the time I think uh, there was this girl who was in my college class when I was doing uh, when I was doing acting and she said oh my boyfriend does wrestling at the time he turned out to be uh, Will Ospreay but then she put me in touch with someone else and then uh, and that was RCWA, and then RCWA. Once they started training professionally, and then they started putting on shows, and then uh, RCWA grew into a big company in the UK. Um, and uh, then, but while all that was going on, I was trying to train to do some wrestling. But at the time, I was also yes. playing football. I was also this
1: is this is music to my ears.
0: Let's get it booked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, never say never. Uh, I was playing football at the time as well, and I remember I broke my tailbone when I got tackled playing football. And I did a bit of training at the uh, RQW House, which was in Dagenham, uh, where I was living, right. at, not five miles in at the time, run by Len Davis, who, mm-hmm. was also, who also used to uh, rent out his equipment. You know his camera work. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've met Len a few times. Nice guy. Lovely guy, very welcoming. Uh, I found out the wrestling wasn't for me, but he. Uh, always said, uh, you know, won't you come help out on shows and things like that? And I remember I was a cameraman. The very first show that I worked on, I was a cameraman for a WAW, and that was at the Talk in Norwich, and it was called Homecoming. And that right, two thousand. It was either two thousand eight or two thousand nine. I can't remember, but it was the show where Roy Knight won the world title. And um, um, nice. And it was in a six-sided ring. I remember.
1: Mm, funny yeah, enough, they used to have that. Yeah.
0: That was the very first night I met Brett as well. Very that was a very, very brief conversation. It was like probably like a 10-second conversation that we had. And then we didn't meet again until a couple of years later. And now he's one of my closest friends in the business. Um and I remember when Roy won that title, the crowd just went absolutely nuts. And I think that was kind of when I first got the bug and then I was helping out on shows for like uh, IPW at the time, Uh, FWA when FWA reformed Mm. briefly and yeah it was only when RCWA were doing some more shows, I was refereeing at the time so I was kind of doing a bit, I wasn't wrestling but I was was also doing a bit of refereeing, I knew in the back of my mind I always wanted to be an MC or a commentator Mm. and um, I think there was one show. It was a bank holiday show outdoors that they did at the, the, the Raynham Fair day. Fair day it was that they do every year, and the MC and turned up, and I just out of the blue said I'll do it. And they said you got a suit. I said I can get one, and so I went back home, grabbed my suit, came back, and it never looked back since really. And uh, nice, it, it will be. I think it's 11 years this this september will be 11 years i've been in yeah. business that's weird because i still that's feel that, crazy yeah because i still feel that young kid really you know who's still learned. well you never stop learning but
1: yeah. yeah i mean to be honest uh, i mean the biggest compliment that i can give you as an MC uh is that with with my shows obviously prior to you i MC'd my shows um and there was a couple of couple of people did um, came in and did the odd show here and there as MC, um, and I felt like I was I was always sort of pulling people up on things that they were getting wrong, um, and I've never had that that issue with you. I know that when you come in, I can just leave you to do your job, and I know that it'll be good. I never have to have to worry about what you're doing. You'll do the least of my worries on a show day, if that makes sense. Um, I appreciate that. The- probably the nicest thing i can say now on to the the not so nice things i can say <laughs> here we go <laughs> I, I, i'm i'm joking i'm joking of course i don't yeah. i don't have any i don't don't have any of them <laughs> yes. so yeah yeah it's, yeah we'll, we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there. Um, <laughs> um so you so, so you were sort of doing some referee and mc and all that kind of thing so you you've worked at it's quite a long list now of, of promotions uh who are you who are you, obviously we're locked down at the minute but prior to locking down who who are you uh
0: working with like what promotions are you a part of at the moment well uh obviously i'm also uh, the uh mc at world wrestling which is run by brett meadows uh, i made my debut on their second show and it's mm-hmm. been great to see those shows uh grow strength to strength, uh, because we Hmm. started uh, at a small um, hall in uh, Gillingham at the uh, Woodlands Arts Centre, I believe it is, which is a lovely venue, very studio-based.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those that I've seen, I've not been, I've seen the footage and and stuff and it's one of those that that looks, you know, it's not the biggest venue in the world, but it looks really cool, Um, you know, it's it's unique and it's, it's a cool,
0: slick little venue. Yeah, uh, so still uh, continuing to work with uh, World War Wrestling, which has always been fun. Uh, I also work for EWW, which has uh, been uh, Mm. around for over 20 years. And uh, I'll be, hands down, uh, Stu was the reason I wanted to get into business. And that is God's honest truth. Um, I can remember when I was, I used to collect the World of Wrestling magazine. And uh, there was always a British section that they put into mm-hmm. their uh, into their magazines. And I remember one time, flipping, I must have been about—this is how far back goes—I was about seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. And I was flicking through the magazines, and I see this big, huge guy with long, dark hair, black face paint, tattoos, spiked shoulder pads. And I was like, "What?" Because before that, I'd only seen British wrestling live at the Dagenham Town shows, where it was still kind of world of sport esque. If that makes yeah, sense, yeah, I know. get you. Yeah. So to see something that was larger than life that was in this country, that was just—I didn't think, never seen anything like that before. So then I went down to the shows. I used to get my dad to drive me down the two two and a half hour drive to uh, Oxford uh, every year, and that's when I first discovered, first watched uh, I my own eyes, uh, so Stu Dominator. Uh, the UK Pitbulls, The New Breed, Johnny Storm, Judy Fleisch, all those sort of guys. Mm-hmm. And then it was only when I started getting to 18 years old, and then I started writing reviews of the shows for his website, and then they put me on the commentary desk. Nice. i uh, commentator ever since. Uh, also done work with WrestleForce, and uh, WrestleForce was where I first met um, J.C. Ace, actually, uh, who was also known as Jinx who I call my, um, my wrestling. the jinx gimmick yeah um, I call so, him my wrestling dad because he was <laughs> um, no because he really looked after me actually when um, I knew I first met Jace at EWW but when we spent a lot more time at Wrestleforce and he would he's a, he's a pro's pro because he doesn't just look out for wrestling he looks out for everything from the referees to the camera guys <laughs> and everything and he would sometimes pull me aside and tell me so when you're doing this as an MC he said why don't you try like this or why don't you do that and yeah and it was just he didn't have to do that you know because you could have his match and then just sit and dress and chill but he would always take the time to watch the matches you know give people feedback and help if they ever needed it and I've always been thankful for that and I'm, yeah I'm, I'm very thankful that someone like him was just you know watch my back really you know
1: yeah absolutely It's important to have those type of people uh, to sort of help you sort of along the way, um, and and have got your best interests because you know there are a lot of people that are literally only only about themselves and only look out for number one. Oh, totally. Uh, So so people like that are uh, really important, Uh, not just in wrestling but in general, of course. Um, So you you did uh, a lot of like say commentary and you do MCing. Which do you prefer? It's a tough question. If you, because... you had to give one of them up. If, if I, don't I had know had to. Why you would, yeah, if you, I don't know why you would ever have to do that. But <laughs> You are so I kind. Think...
0: I don't know what's going I know, on there.
1: I know, right? But just hypothetically speaking, you have to give one of them up. You can continue to work for all the promotions you work for, but you would be in this one role.
0: Which would it be? If I had to give it up, I would give up the MCM because... Um, I love the stories, I love telling stories on commentary, I love mm-hmm. putting the characters over, um, I mean, it's all about, you know, calling the moves and educating people that may have never seen wrestling before, obviously, yeah. I do love putting characters over and telling the stories and being dramatic and stuff, um, but I love emceeing because I love just being out there and putting, not putting faces, making faces smile, that's what I <laughs> and, um, and that sounds very cliche, but it, it feels nice, you know. I love getting that crowd riled up, and yeah, you get that if energy. I, if, I, if they're not, if they're not, if I feel like they're not giving that much energy, I'll keep going until I'm satisfied. Because I know, mm-hmm. like you'll know yourself as a promoter, you're standing backstage and you're listening to that crowd. If you know that they're not up for it, you're in trouble. You know, so it's it, always... the thing is,
1: it's, it's it, as as someone that, that's done. MCing as well, you know the crowd not being up for it in the opening match. You take some of that responsibility on as the MC because yeah, yeah, job to get things going. So if the crowd are dead and the crowd are shit, you know they're not making any noise, they're sitting on their hands. Then you know it's it's your not your sole responsibility, but but it is your one of your responsibilities to ensure that the crowd. Gets up for that that opening match. What the guys then do, whether they silence them again by shit in the bed,
0: <laughs> you know. Yeah, and <laughs> do you know it. what, I, I love I love emceeing as well because it's nice to interact with the guys and the girls as well um, in character. And you know, people like uh, Danny Blaze, Hex, Damien, <laughs> Sky Smithson, Amazon, all these kind of guy, guys and girls. You know, and it's great to do that. And the one thing I love more than anything as well is building up that main event whether it's a title match or a personal feud because if the crowd's been following the story and they're feeling it I want to give them as much the same energy because I'm just as excited as a fan and I think that's one thing that you know never stop being a fan just because you work in the business I don't think you should ever stop being a fan because we're all fans at the end of the day
1: yeah it's important to remember the reason that that we are involved in wrestling is, is because we love it you know as fans initially um definitely I mean one of my favorites talking about hyping up the main event because uh, I, I myself massive fan of the, the whole big in-ring introductions for your big title fights you, you know your big your big main event matches and and you do that really well uh, one of my favorites though from you uh, introduction and on this show I believe not to not to uh, in any way um call you in any way unprofessional um but you, you'd had a couple of drinks um at the christmas show last year i did I notice might have done. you might you might have done but it was it was completely fine because everyone was it was christmas everyone was having such a really good night and you still did, did your job you know just as well as, as always there's been an ongoing prank um at our shows where brad slayer gets played to the ring to the venga boys Oh, I know where this is going. Yeah. And and your in-ring introduction, you're introducing uh, Martin Kirby, who, who uh, I'm really happy that was uh, on that show before he actually um, stopped wrestling. So he, he stopped shortly after. Uh, whether he'll come back or not, we know how wrestling retirements work. But, um, you know, he, he, was, he was on that show, which was uh, a lot of fun against Brad. Did his introduction really good. Everything's all serious. Big championship match. And then you hit the line in the introduction. Boom, boom, boom. He wants you in his room. And I just absolutely lost it completely. And Brad loses it in the ring. I've watched the footage back. It's, it's just superb. And I, we've done that a few times with that
0: song. Gets pops me every time. Jeez. I was actually trying to forget that, but you've you've managed to... Uh... <laughs> Mate, it was so funny. It was so funny. You well, know, that? Uh, the only time... The only ever time where I was tipsy during the show, and never again. I'm a pro. So.
1: <laughs> there was a um was a funny line in a in a, a commentary to on the, uh, the first ever DOA show, um, and and um, Brad. Fine. It's another story involving Brad. But him and Kip were on the first DOA show, uh, tag team match. They're making their way to the ring. Uh, we've got um, Lucky Ollie, uh, Ollie Dean on commentary with Peter Nixon doing commentary on that first first show.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: As uh, as they as they're coming to the ring, uh, little <laughs> Ollie says, um, "Special edition uh, coming out to the ring," and then under his breath kind of saying it but then trying to suck the words back into his mouth as he said them you know that kind of you you know you've you've kind of said something you shouldn't but it's just that tiny bit too late so he says uh, coming out to the ring special edition coming out to the ring and Peter Nixon just kind of under his breath slightly goes oh and speaking of coming out (laughs) uh, uh, (laughs) to this day it like it pops me and and, oh, uh, yeah. and Brad uh, Brad found it hilariously funny as well, so it's all good.
0: <laughs> Peter Nixon's great. I love Peter Nixon.
1: He's great. He's he is he's a good a good man um, and a very very funny guy.
0: He had a great match with um, with Damien at the um, at the beach ball. The beach ball mania. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first beach ball mania, Cambridge. That was great. I remember that. That Yeah, really. The whole setup, and but we, I think we had, uh, we had a lot of uh, blow-up stuff, didn't we? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. No blow-up dolls, but blow-up. No blow-up dolls,
0: and I just want to make that clear to the viewers. Yeah, Um,
1: give that to like indie shows in Japan. Um, No one's wrestling a blow-up doll. Well, but but they did battle with blow-up palm trees. Um, Brad and Damien in, in. Cambridge at the this, this second Beach pool Mania, um, which I don't actually think you were there. I think I MC'd it because you weren't available. I, I wasn't, uh, You were elsewhere.
0: How dare you? Uh, well, and then I, got, then, then I got the footage of what happened. It do was you wanna, fun. T- do you, you want
1: to <laughs> tell the story? Or no, 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 no. You're the guest. Go ahead.
0: So it was, uh, they're outside and then the gladiators music hits and straight away, i just put my head down and just went oh. <laughs> but i did chuckle but I
1: did the footage chuckle. is out there and it is it is very funny um it was it was one of those uh one of those nights that was kip's last uk indie match yeah. um on that night it was it was just generally just a really good fun uh, fun night A kind of party atmosphere towards the end and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and there was those little bits that that was in no way planned, but it, it added to it. Everyone had a had a good time, um, but yeah, I think it's actually interesting to me that you would you would pick um, commentary over over MCing. I actually took one of your MC gigs recently, didn't I?
0: Yes, you did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So you you had to uh, cancel, which I believe was. Um, covid related not that you had covid but restrictions in getting there i believe was it
0: this this was when the tier
1: system came out right yeah that makes sense
0: yeah this was when the tier system came out and uh yeah i just thought play safe and uh, yeah I was, I was gutted about it actually because um it was in a big top as well and i thought oh that looks a fun atmosphere and everything like that but uh you know i think as covid started to rise i thought Especially when things started to happen a lot closer to home, I thought this is a bit too risky. So, um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, there's always next time. There's, I, I know it's been very, very a long, stressful process, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. We've just got to be a little bit more patient. I think if I was to, you know, work my crystal ball, maybe later in the year early 2022 perhaps who knows i, I, I think that will be probably safe yeah
1: yeah I, I can say that you would have you would have enjoyed the uh, the big top show it was uh, it was a lot of fun um i had a good time it was it was actually the first time i'd emceed a show that wasn't mine um yeah how did that feel <laughs> uh I, I enjoyed it i enjoyed it because it it meant that i wasn't i didn't have 101 other things on my mind um yeah, so i was so i was able to just focus on doing a really good job as an mc and i tried to do my best and and they said they seemed happy with uh, with what i did um so so yeah i think everyone everyone had a good time um a few of the few of the fans uh, recognized me from doa and gave me a little bit of stick which was nice um as <laughs> as much as uh, as much as it's it's not always nice getting stick but it is nice that they uh you know they, they're they on board with, uh, with the character which is good yeah.
0: you <laughs> yeah, know what exactly. Saying that, though, when, when I said about giving up one or, and doing the other I think if I was to ever give it up I think if I was to go to the commentary table for good I, whoever would be emceeing I would feel like I should be up there you know what I mean mm. so I feel like I, I couldn't give any up really unless there was just a point where someone said listen I really need you to do this can you do it and not do both? And I say, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty. I'm a company guy. You know, I'm not selfish. or fixed up in your world, like some other people might be. Because it's, it's a team effort You know, we, you know that. I know that. A lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. We should know that. We're not all selfish little stars that want to put ourselves over. <laughs> uh, but you, yeah. What do you mean? I'm, I'm
1: the star. <laughs> um, I yeah. I do I do agree with uh, with what you're saying there. But, uh, with uh, with regards to. Um, when you're when you're sitting there and you're seeing someone else doing, you kind of feel like you should be doing doing that thing. I mean, I I got my start in in wrestling doing commentary originally, uh, but then I never did commentary for DOA because I never felt that I could be sat in one spot for the whole show because I'd be needed to do all this that and the other but commentary is one of the things that I really always enjoyed Um, so I've been doing that again um, well last year with the the few shows that did happen um, at WAW in Norwich doing commentary for them again and that's good because that that enables me to kind of scratch that
0: itch um, and I think it's good to have a retrospective so many different areas of the business as well so it's good to be helping hands-on and just to help people as well because the longer you do it and then when you see other people start doing it you want to listen and you want to help them if they're making any sort of mistakes and give them advice and help them get better you know and i think that's really important
1: yeah i I totally agree uh you touched on a minute ago uh, when you think things will um will restart but it's kind of strange because everything has shut down in this country but um, you know wrestling in general like the, the big companies in America and everything have obviously consistently kept content coming out um, but UK wrestling has, has had to grind to a halt for such a long period of time um, do you think that will have um, a negative effect how do you think it will be when, when things can finally start to open up
0: I think it's going to be challenging I think it will be a good thing overall, because I think one, the fans are going to be what itching to come back to any particular product that they may have been following, especially uh, uh, great Yarmouth for DOA, um, because it's the same as going to the cinema going to a football match, going to the theatre, even going to a restaurant, you know, I think a lot of people just want to get out and they want to enjoy themselves a lot more. And that's Mm -hmm. the one thing I love about wrestling. We can take away all the realities of the world, take you into this make-believe world and make you happy, give you all these kind of emotions. And I think that to make them feel safe, you know, is the first priority, especially with going on in the real world. Uh, number two more wrestling related i think this is going to give everybody you know a fresh set of eyes a fresh brain as to you know how a promotion i mean i've never run a promotion i've helped out you know backstage on shows and this and that and the other um so i think on how a wrestling show should be constructed and promoted so i think it's going to weasel out a lot of promotions that are not promotions if that makes sense and um i think it will be a good thing going forward it's going to be a rough start but i think we'll we'll get there i think it's not just wrestling it's a lot of things boxing football you know a lot of all sorts of sports and and entertainment as a whole it's going to be a challenge for everybody but overall i think it'll be a good thing
1: yeah of course i mean i'm I'm obviously um really eager to get going but i've been i've held firm throughout the whole thing that i won't i won't attempt to run a show i won't announce a show uh until i'm 100 percent sure that that show can take place and take place safely uh, for everyone involved um so i've not attempted to um book venues and try and in the hope that things will open back up in time for it or anything like that um i've seen a few places have announced shows and then had to cancel them um and for me that's a little bit silly um just i don't get really people's
0: see... hopes up that's all you know and it's, exactly it's exactly <laughs>
1: yeah of course and in, and in the, the nicest way possible one one of the things that i'll be looking to do is is i'll let a few people in other parts of the country maybe you know um run some shows and then see and to kind of learn from those and see what what um you know what they're doing and speaking to other companies and and trying to make sure that we're covering every base in terms of people's safety and and making people feel um like it's a a safe place to be uh you would hope that you know the pandemic has slowed down enough that people will feel safe but obviously uh, we want to take every single uh, precaution when we do open back up i know so many people just just raring to go now um you would think yeah. that yeah you would think that that people will be coming back in a really good place because everyone's going to be uh, like i say a fresh start everyone's going to be really eager to to impress straight away um you know there's some people that um are not returning to wrestling or at least not initially and that opens up spots as well um yeah, you know, I think it's going to be really competitive, but in a in a, in a <clears throat> excuse yeah. me in a positive way. Um, you he know, took the word I was
0: literally just about to say, competition. Yeah, it's all about competition.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and uh, and I can't wait for uh, to get uh, to get things up and running again. I can't wait for for other people to get things up and running again because not just obviously wrestling being the most sort of affected part of of my life during this. Um so obviously it's the the topic that we'll talk about, but I think it's just important to have that they're, they're not a new normal, to have the real normal back.
0: Yeah, um, and you know what? Going back to the MC and again, um, and this is so appropriate. So the MC is obviously the first guy that'll come through the curtain. It's the MC's job to make the audience feel at home that they're in for a really good night. And uh, the first show that I do when we're allowed to have crowds back. It's going to be such an amazing feeling, not just for me, for you, for wrestlers backstage, and for the crowd, more importantly. So it is so important that you give 110%, not, mm-hmm. not just in performing in the ring, but obviously just, just connecting with that crowd. They've been away for so long, they've missed it so much. So it's so important Yeah, that you I'm, let them know that, they're, that they're getting their money's worth for it, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm 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 just, just can't wait to to have that room full of people booing the shit out of me again, you know, it'll be music to my ears. Uh...
0: you'd have to wait for a crowd to do that. I mean, you just gotta go out and that
1: <laughs> ah, It's snowing mate, everyone's indoors.
0: <laughs> I love you So Yeah, really.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you do. Um so uh, we'll, we'll sort of um, start to wrap things up really um, just very quickly you've, you've been at a lot of DOA shows to bring things back to, to DOA as I always do because um, yeah. it's me um, you've been at a lot of DOA shows, you've been a part of DOA for, for quite a few years now and will continue to be um, name me some of your, your favourite moments matches, uh, things from DOA shows, What's, what stands out in your
0: memory there's a few. Um, I have to say, I really enjoyed the uh, Ash Draven versus uh, the Banker uh, uh, retirement match. Um, just the crowd. That was, I believe, that was a Christmas show. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And it was just for someone, the character like the Banker, who's always booed uh, mm-hmm. every time it comes out through the curtain. But that particular night, when he uh, lost the match the crowd just shows how much they appreciate him and everything that he's given to DOA and that reception that he got when he'd done his farewell it was just yeah that, that that was amazing
1: if you watch the the match back and you get to that that end moment I think I think there were a lot of people um I think there were a lot of people that uh didn't know that that Mark was taking a break um and didn't know. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that Draven would, was going to lose um, in that match, and, and he would be he would be leaving. I, and I spoke to some of our, our very regular uh, fans, and they were absolutely convinced that that Draven was was going to be leaving. So when Draven beat him, and it was. I, I don't know it was kind of obviously on a, a vastly smaller scale than the uh, the streak ending but it was silence What is what the point I'm, I'm getting at it's like sort of the pinfall happened and no one initially made a noise everyone was kind of kind of quiet and then they realised what had happened and it was like damn I didn't see that coming and, and yeah the yeah. response the response that he got you know he's, he's one of those yeah people boo him but people love to boo him he was that kind of
0: character yeah, uh, kind of like Mick McManus, really. Back in the day, people really loved Mick McManus, but they just loved doing him. And uh, exactly, I think um, I also I loved uh, Damien versus uh, Ash Draven. Uh, that was that was right. one of my favourite. I enjoyed uh, Damien and Peter Nixon from the first People Mania as well. One of my favourite moments is uh, whenever, Darwin's Music hits. <laughs>
1: Yes, I so always see you uh, rocking out every single time.
0: Because he is the legend, that is going I love Darwin. Yeah. Not like that, guys. <laughs> um, it's no, fine. We'll, we'll I've known for ages, uh, since RCWA. And um, we obviously went, stopped doing RCWA. Uh, so so he, I'm in Essex and he's in Norfolk, Norwich, I believe. And he's uh, lowest off. Lowest off, right. So yeah. we didn't really rekindle again until DOA. So it's nice to you know get back and start catching up with people again. And uh, yeah, he's, 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 had fun, right, he's had a fun ride. He's had a fun ride with uh, Damien. and uh, I think he's got a really good character as well. And um, yeah, he's one of the very
1: few um, what I class as DOA originals, those that were on the first show that's still on yeah. shows.
0: There's probably and
1: only four. Go on. I was going to say, there's only really three or four that are still around: uh, Brad Slayer, um, Doan, um, Heat, and Nixon. Uh, that's that's probably it, really, um, from that from that first show. Although I won't say who, but when shows come back, someone from that very first show will be making a comeback. But I won't I won't spoil that just yet. I'll just leave that
0: and let that linger. <laughs> I have to say I love the pairing and this is going to sound biased because I'm talking to you but I did love the pairing of you and Danny Darko um, I just thought I enjoyed that I enjoyed that I, enjoyed that. I really did um, I just thought you were the perfect mouthpiece for Danny Darko um, honestly and uh, I think his uh, championship run was actually you know not a lot of people I think if you look back in terms of championship histories in the company yeah. um I thought it's probably the most underrated run, in my opinion. Actually,
1: yeah, I was I was quite proud of, of what we did with that. Um, I, I actually felt like we, we could have done a little bit more uh, with it at the time, um, but you know, circumstances sort. Of, Sort of changed and led to uh, led to us making a few changes, um, and, and Danny's now doing his uh, his thing, um, a very different sort of character. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate that. That's uh, that's nice to hear that that uh, that you know you enjoyed what what we were doing.
0: No, honestly, mate, um, it's it's good to see the company go, uh, grow from uh, strength to strength as well. I mean, obviously, it's not just DOA. There's other promotions out there as well. You're going to get bumps in the road and things like that. But to see you come back and improve, you know, and especially with COVID, the absence makes the heart grow fonder. So when mm-hmm. it comes when it's time to come back, it's going to come back with a bang.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, what we'll do is we'll leave that there, but we're going to pick this up again, Jake. Uh, you don't know this yet. You kind of agreed earlier. Uh, we're going to talk again and we're going to talk about the Undertaker streak. Uh, we're going to talk about some other things as well. But I'm good, definitely going to have you back on the Book and Man podcast. But for today, thank you very much for joining me, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure to have a bit of a catch up and, uh, and talk some good old wrestling with you.
0: Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. Look forward to come back. Right, take care, my friend. You
1: too, mate. Thank you. Well, there you go. That was my um, that was my chat with Jake Pew, wrestling MC. Um, and next week. I'm going to be chatting with Mr. Brett Meadows, known better to DOA fans as Damien. So he's going to be joining me next week. We we uh, have already recorded the the chat and um, I call it a chat because it was um, not much of an interview. Uh, Brett is a very, very funny man and we, we talk about a wide range of topics, not just wrestling, um, but all sorts of things. We talk, uh, we talk a little bit of music and video games as well. Um, and I hope you're you're going to enjoy that uh, as much as I did recording it next week i'm going to be attempting to book a historical a moment i'll be announcing that on our social media um, exactly what i'm going to be attempting to uh, rebook see how my bookerman skills shape up next week and uh, and that's just about it for the first voyage of the doa bookerman podcast i hope you've had uh, had a great time um but also um almost forgot But uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to be doing a history of pay-per-view review as well. So we're going to be beginning with the first uh, listed pay-per-view in the uh, WWE Network and we're going to be working our way through them. And I'm going to have some guests from uh, various uh, people that you recognize from DOA and some of the other guys who are hosting podcasts on the Jonas Podcasting Network. And they're going to be joining me to review some of those old pay-per-views, starting with Starcade 1983, uh, Harley Race and Ric Flair in the main event of that one. So that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. And again, special thanks to the John's Podcasting Network for hosting the DOA Booker Man podcast. And we will see you next week. Take it easy.